We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following, following the following the journey into comics 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 network 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 production production Went forward in time to view alternate futures to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict how many did you see 14,605 how many did we win Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's JIC. 253. I am your host, Nate. Today joining me, he is the master of madness himself. Welcome back to the show. Tyler, how's it going, my man? It's good. Ready, 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 ready. Cannot iterate how ready I am for the recap of SDCC. We literally did like a warm-up show with no recording where we just riffed and chatted with each other and bullshitted and kind of avoided those topics. We sort of talked about everything, but we didn't get like super deep into it. We we definitely held our tongues. So we we caught up off the show. We're sorry you guys don't know about our lives right now. That's the way it is. Um We've got a lot to discuss today, man. And uh, I also want to mention real quick before we, we move too far past it, there's an Easter egg that I've been throwing in ever since you've co-hosted. Have you noticed what it is? Probably not. I call you my man, and it's not just because I call you that. I'm calling you that because in Wreck-It Ralph, Vanellope Bon Sweets calls Ralph my main man, my man my main, Ralph. My main man Ralph. Yeah, so I, I always want to throw that in is just like because we teased at like I think it was like JIC two forty seven that Ralph might actually be my co-host because we were talking about you, mm-hmm. and it was just a tease. It was like all these it's all these little things I like to. Uh, so I don't I don't want people to think like it's like some weird like I don't know how to call you anything else. That just it's a very pertinent choice. Well, it's very flattering for me because Wreck It Ralph is my favorite Disney character. I know, man. It's like a double bonus. Right now, if you were wearing overalls, you kind of would have the Ralph vibe going. The red shirt and like... I wish I wish I had overalls on. <laughs> I'm gonna wreck it! Yeah. I wish I had Ralph's big fucking Hulk hands. Oh, man. Those things are amazing. I wish... They can so punch could, all those bricks. So I could wreck shit. Does that make me Fix-It Felix Jr.? You're either Fix-It Felix Jr., Qbert, or oh, Vanellope like- Sweets. <laughs> Oh, damn. I like Vanellope Von Sweets for some weird reason. Whatever. I don't care. But I also really love Cubert. That's a great one. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a, that's amazing. I played Qbert as a kid. Fuck yeah, man. Didn't know that we were going to have this little mini tangent on the start of this show, but that's the way we're we're kicking it off today, folks. You should just expect it at this point. Like totally, any, anything that is obscure and possibly timey-wimey, we are going to fucking tangent on it. Oh, totally, man. That's just the way our brains work. It, mm-hmm. uh, we, I mean, that's just the show, man. So, the one thing I want to say is yesterday, which as we record this is actually two days ago. So, yesterday, um, Marvel had their big reveal. And that's probably a good chunk of our show today, folks. I just want to be real with you folks. We are going to be covering a lot of Marvel today. Before we do that, there is some other stuff, uh, Tyler. I don't know if you saw this, man, but they made some crazy announcements on the DC uh, CW panels. Uh, no, I, I, I don't really follow the CW shows anymore. Um, I did see... The, the one that I did see was The Flash Season 6. Yeah, they, they show the new suit. They got, like, Entertainment Weekly had all the different people from the crossover on the covers. Obviously, Stephen Amell's final season as Arrow having his own show. I want to say that because they did also mention yesterday it's possible that the characters that are on Arrow, including Stephen Amell himself, might not be gone from the Arrowverse but Arrow, the show itself, is not going to be continuing on, which means you're going to see him in other mediums and stuff. And I think this is their their chance right now because they see, like, look, they're a well-oiled machine. This is the first spoke on the wheel. You've got better spokes on the wheel now. Arrow's kind of fallen off. You can pull that spoke out. You've replaced it with Batwoman, which that's got huge implications, and I cannot wait to discuss that news with you. I teased that to you earlier, but, like, mm-hmm. um, I just think that, the DCCW is is still perfection as as far as TV. Even the DC streaming service can't get it right, man. They cancel Swamp Thing and like things are seemingly going wrong. The, there was Titans news. Did you hear about the crazy thing that happened on the Titans set? Oh, the 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 guy the the guy died. Well, yeah, and l- and let me clarify. It wasn't actually on set. It wasn't like in front of the actors or anything like that. It happened in their training facility where they train to do stunts and where they train to do different um, like crazy vehicle stunts and stuff. And I, a piece of shrapnel from a vehicle blowing up got him. It just crazy, wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. The universe picked him, man. It's wild. But they like halted production on the show and are taking some time off from the show and letting the family kind of grieve. And I'm sure they'll... There's probably going to be a lawsuit. I'm sure he had insurance, and I'm sure there's some sort of paperwork that maybe prevented them from taking the full blame, but that is still a crazy freak accident, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's just, I mean, it's it's really unfortunate. Um, it's sad that, uh, um, you know, an accident like that couldn't be avoided. Um, but, I mean, that's the risk you take, I guess. Well, and especially being a stuntman. I mean, mm-hmm. you literally, your job is putting your life in danger every single stunt. Right. And the quality of your job and how much money you make and how long your life is depends on how good you are. Mm-hmm. And this had nothing to do with that. This guy could have been the most flawless stunt dude on earth. Had a, And actually, I think he actually was like a, a long tenured dude. I'm trying to pull the article up now. Uh, you're probably going to beat me to the punch. 
case of the wrong place wrong time totally totally it's like man you can't you can't do anything you can't even be mad it's just like the universe said it's time right here we go that's crazy but uh no, uh, so back to the CW stuff. They announced season six. They announced they cast the anti-monitor. You were actually pretty upset about something, and I want to get you to kind of clarify. You're pretty upset Brandon Routh is coming back as Superman. I just, I mean, of of, of all people, um, of all people to put on, you know, the, the super suit, Brandon Routh is just not, not the guy in my mind and and you know i haven't seen really what he's done in the majority of of the cw shows um but i just remember back to uh you know the the reboot of superman the first time and you have kevin spacey who plays a you know a convincing enough um Lex Luthor at the time, not the greatest yeah. by any means. But Brandon Routh had like 20 whole lines of dialogue in the movie, and he just doesn't look... Like, Henry Cavill looks like Superman. Yes, absolutely. Brandon Routh may be a, a very competent actor, and, and I, might be not, uh, I might not be doing him justice um, with my... Uh, ill contempt his way, but I just—he's just not Superman, you know. Well, and I think CW has done a good enough job with their shows, and I think for the most part that they've done a good job casting people in the right roles. Um, I just don't know how you, as a a Warner Brothers or, or, or a CW exec, can say, "Hmm, who are we gonna put as?" Any Superman. It doesn't matter if it's full-time Superman or alternate universe Superman. You know, surely there's got to be somebody more fitted to the role than Brandon Routh. Well, let me tell you. Let me deeper explain. I saved this for the show. Let me explain what role he is playing because he's not playing any version of Superman that is standard. He's actually playing a very specific role as the Kingdom Come Superman. Okay. If you know your history and your lineage, Kingdom Come is when all the superheroes are old and they're on their way out. And Supes is dying. And he's like old man Logan, essentially, you know? And this Superman is apparently going to be like the one that warns them and is like they're kind of the herald of the coming conflict of the crises on infinite earths. And it's going to blow the Adam's mind because he's going to see this guy that looks like an old version of himself. And mm -hmm. it's There's going to be clever playoffs and payoffs for that. I hope, but, um, it's very ambitious what they're doing. You know, I was really hoping we would see them stick to their 10 year plan. They had always said that the flash has like this 10 year plan 2024. They're going to do crisis on infinite earths. Maybe they thought now is the time to do Crisis on Infinite Earths, but our way, maybe they'll, instead of making Barry make the ultimate sacrifice, mm -hmm. maybe it will be Arrow, and Oliver Queen will make that sacrifice, and it'll be fitting. It'll also kind of feel a little bit like Avengers Endgame. I'm just going to be honest right now about that, because it will have that same kind of like the guy that started it sacrifices himself so it can keep going thing, mm -hmm. um, but it could be really good. It could make for some really interesting TV, you know, uh, and spent, you know, and spinning out of that, it's like the biggest crossover they've ever done. Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends, and Batwoman. Mm -hmm. All five shows in one crossover event that's the end-all, be-all. 
And that's not even the craziest thing happening in Batwoman's realm in her first season, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, what they've said they're setting up or what they said they're doing as her first or second big bad, I didn't really get the full rundown because I wasn't there, but they're doing Hush, man. Well, and, and Hush is... You know, I mean, all you need to say is hush, and, and, and you know that if you put the right writers in the right place, that it's going to be incredible. I, I have faith in CW, man. Everything they've done when they've adapted something like that, it's been successful. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what I was going to say. You know, th- there are enough fans of the CW shows. And, and let me clarify something. I don't watch the CW shows because I dislike them. It's just because I don't have time, and I'm so far behind. You know, um, so so no ill will uh, towards those shows intended for sure. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm really excited to see how they do it because I, you know, you you put it you, um, you put it better than I can right now. I'm having I'm having trouble like forming coherent sentences right now. Um, they they should be able to accomplish it for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things that they want to knock out of the ballpark. One thing that's really interesting is that uh, they were talking about like the people that do the CW shows were talking about how they were meeting with the network and saying, "Here are all the ideas we have. Here are all the things we want to do." And they put up all these different covers and all these different moments in the comics and knocked off like most of them. Like mm-hmm. got. You know, if there were 100 on the board, they got at least 50 of those moments in this big year for CWTV. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. I mean, kudos to them. But for them to do Hush, like I was telling you off screen, I think it would be awesome if they adapt it as, like, that's the reason that Bruce has gone missing or is quote-unquote dead, is that he is uh, gone because of Hush. Mm-hmm. And Hush is kind of this lingering problem that's lingering over Gotham. And now you've got, uh, you know, the new uh, Katie Kane being Batwoman coming to kick some ass Mm -hmm. and stop Hush, which would be incredible. Well, I really like, you know, I I was kind of speed reading a little bit more of of the kind of the synopsis for that. I think, you know, with, with the lack of Batman and... You know, putting uh, Batwoman center stage where she's not a companion character to Batman anymore, where it is her story. I think that'll kind of be a a fresh take. You know, because when when anything, unless it's villain centric, it, when anything takes place in Go- Gotham, it's all about Batman. Yes, absolutely. You know, he 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 always steals the limelight from everybody else, and. Um, anytime that you can shine a new light on characters or, um, you know, just, just give complex characters the time that they deserve, you know, that, that's when magic happens. And I think that, um, you know, Batwoman has the perfect opportunity to do that, especially with Hush. Yeah. And I actually have finally found where they were talking about the panel, and uh, they were talking about how um, it's seen the origin story. We're actually going to get the origin story of Hush. So he'll be a come-upping 
it's hush might be one of her actual like long-term play out villains that's like a series thing you know because mm-hmm. as a fan you and i know hush's origin what he's going to do what tommy elliott is capable of his whole game plan how he manipulates all of the villains in gotham and everything so for that to be said to make her face him it's actually really quite brilliant you know it definitely, like you says, takes the limelight away from Batman and gives it to a new character that's different and also can let those villains shine. I dig it. I I wasn't very enthusiastic about the Batwoman show, um, you know, right out of the gate just because I don't really care for, for who they cast as Batwoman. Um, but they've they've sold me on it so far. So maybe maybe this will be the one that I watch. Man, and I tell you what, uh, so this is breaking news coming out of SDCC right now. They just revealed at the DC panel, which is coincidentally, I guess, happening right now, or something of that nature is happening. I think the DC Universe's streaming service is happening right now. Mm -hmm. They just premiered the trailer for season two of Titans Mm. and revealed the first look at Aqualad. Cool. And Deathstroke. Yes. Let me say, and that's great because if you are again a comic fan, you know that Deathstroke's true origin was Teen Titans number two, mm-hmm. um, where he first appeared way, way, way before Senior Deadpool. And for any of those of you who are curious of your history here, I just sent this to you in Messenger, just so you're aware. Um, you will be stoked, my bro. I'm stoked. They both, like, you click on the picture because it'll give you a better representation than your phone. But, like, the shot, man. Aqualad looks awesome. I'm excited. Next to Hawk, Dove, and Robin. And it looks like Mm. Raven, possibly, over to that side. Deathstroke Deathstroke looks fucking fantastic. Deathstroke looks fucking wicked. Um, They brought, like, the old school Deathstroke look. Does it say who they've cast as as Deathstroke for Titans? Uh, let me see. Yeah, Deathstroke is Esai Morales, E S A I Morales, and Aqualad is Drew Van Acker, which I don't. I think I know that name, but I don't know who it is. The um, name sounds very very familiar. Also, sec- yeah, second season will re- return Brenton Thwaites, who played Dick Grayson, Anna Diop, who played Starfire, Tegan Croft, who played Raven, uh, or I said I meant to say Brenton Thwaites, who played Robin, Dick Grayson, not Raven. I fucked mm-hmm. that up earlier. Beast Boy, who was Ryan Potter, and will directly continue the events of season one. So much so that the episode that starts season two at one point was the finale of season one. Okay. It was almost the final episode, and then they decided to just end it on 10 instead of 11 and then make that the premiere. So that's pretty cool. They're literally just keep it going. Super continual. Um, they also announced just minutes ago, Doom Patrol Season 2 has been signed. They've been renewed for a second season. Uh, I'm really happy about re- that. Yes, absolutely. Espe- especially, especially because, you know, we talked about Swamp Thing... Um, five or six episodes ago, and you know, I was really sad to see that show get canceled. Swamp Thing is one of the more unique and and kind of obscure characters from from DC, and you know, with all that controversy and and whatnot, you know, 
Um, I was actually really worried about Doom Patrol. I mean, Doom Patrol season one had had a pretty uh, pretty warm reception. I feel, but you never know when when DC is involved in something if they're not one hundred percent about it. You know, it's probably going to get canceled. Yeah, it's man, and I think I don't know. Maybe someday down the road they decided to find a way to bring Swamp Thing back. But from what everybody's saying, the show is great. Every episode has have been bangers, and I haven't got to watch it yet. I'm going to wait and binge it. You know, Once it's all out, I'll mm-hmm. get it in one setting, and that way I can really digest the story as a whole. Um, they also announced that they actually showed footage for the Harley Quinn animated series that's going to be on the DC streaming service, by the way. I saw the thumbnail for that this morning, but I'm not, I'm not really interested in, in, in a Harley Quinn animated series. If it's dark and adult humor... It could be really good. Yeah. It like I, I, more Deadpool-y, less yeah, Harley Quinn. I was more looking at it from the more childish, you know, maybe um you know, more more along the lines of Teen Titans, like the original cartoon instead yeah. of you know fucking um South Park, we'll say, you know. Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and you know, um, the, the DC streaming service is tr- definitely trying to find its ground and get people hooked. And I mean, I guess we can just jump right into it if you want to be honest, but like, yeah, DC trying to make people buy their streaming service isn't working because they're not throwing enough money and trusting the people to do the right job. They're not well, even picking the right projects to show off what they can do. And I think part of part of their their stumble here is they haven't partnered partner like part of what sold um Disney Plus for a lot of people, you know, all of their um material aside, you set all that aside, you still have the ability to um, combine ESPN Plus, Hulu, Disney Plus. If if um, the DC streaming service partnered with uh, Amazon Prime, maybe you know, or or if if they could work out a deal with some other big streaming platform or other some other big um, you know media outlet of some some fashion, then I feel like it might be a little bit more enticing to a lot of fans. I absolutely agree. If you bundle it with something and you say, Hey, um, like, okay, what, how much do you have Amazon prime video? I do Do, you do that. Mm-hmm. How much is that a month? Like 10 bucks or do you uh, do like the year, a hundred bucks a year? Yeah. It, it's just part of my Amazon prime subscription. So, so it's like a hundred bucks a year, which is like eight well, I, bucks a month. Roughly. No, I, I think it's 170 bucks a year now. Oh damn, damn! The up that price, jacked it up. Anyways, so you say okay for an additional ten bucks, we'll put your streaming service on here. For an additional eight bucks, you can get DC because they do that, dude. Mm-hmm. Amazon Prime has BritBox, mm-hmm. and BritBox is where a lot of people watch the old school Doctor Who is through Amazon Prime. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's like they're shortcomings, man. They keep having these shortcomings, and if they don't trust ourselves and really bring out some quality product we're going to be getting 
reboots. We're going to be getting the whole thing starting over again. We're going to get five or ten years where we don't have any DC superhero movies because they're not going to try to keep up with Marvel. You can't. Right. And especially after the kind of fucking home run bombs Marvel dropped yesterday, like, I've never seen a stack. Like, even when they announced... Okay, let me say it like this. Even back in 2014 when they made that big reveal and announced like the next five years or whatever for Marvel and it was all the reveals. You're getting Captain Marvel. You're going to get Black Panther. We're getting Doctor Strange. We're getting all these things, you know. We're going to get Civil War, you know, and those big reveals of Infinity War Part 1 and 2 or whatever. Even then, they didn't, they weren't, it, it was ambition but we still, as fans, didn't know what Marvel was capable of, and now they have our trust. Mm-hmm. So now we're in Phase 4, and it's this new territory. It's fresh ground. It's expansion. And they look at how we, the fans, have received them, and we, the fans, are looking at what they are capable of and saying, whatever you throw at us, we're going to trust. But then they're being really, I mean, really, this was the most ambitious reveal I think they've had in a while, and it's not the last reveal they'll have, man. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they're going to have the D23 reveals come in. So let's just get into it. What what side of this do you want to talk about first? Do we want to talk about what the first thing that they talked about was? What order? How do we want to order this? Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess let me ask you this question to start with. What do you think sure. the biggest reveal from the panel yesterday is? Honestly, there's a two-way tie for no. There's a three-way tie for the biggest reveal, and it was the last three things or two of the. It was some some of the last things that they revealed. Okay, mm-hmm. but here are my the three biggest holy shits from this. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The, de- the second Doctor Strange movie now has a title. We 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 have a release date May seventh, twenty twenty one. We also know, and this was the one that blew me the fuck away, co-starring Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Which and, is, which is something that you and I, uh, fanboy, and wish, like, um, bucket list, wish list, however you want to phrase it, you and I talked a couple months ago about how we need a movie that is magic-centric. Get Doctor Strange involved. Get Scarlet Witch involved. Get um, Wong and you know whatever all all the people that you need to include that are magic centric. Get them involved, and they didn't. Man, and like I don't, you don't even know who the like. They haven't officially announced the villain. They haven't officially shown footage. This movie will probably start filming based on how things are looking. I would say early next year. We're going to probably start seeing production stuff of Doctor Strange early next year. If, if we'll not get, late this year. Possibly. It just depends on how they're stacking this. I mean, mm-hmm. they're very ambitious for their 2020 and 2021 early slate. Like, you look at their next, quote-unquote, three releases, and, and I have questions about that as well because I, th- I still think there's a big question mark looming in the Marvel schedule. Um. But you know you got you got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and that was huge. And as soon as that broke, like I tagged everybody that I needed to tag. I told everyone I was like, "Oh my God, this is happening!" Elizabeth Olsen, what the fuck, crazy, 
you know, a rumor that Brother Voodoo is going to be, be playing some role as some form of the villain. Uh, maybe Baron Mordo makes a return, and, you know, uh, the bill always comes due. Will we see his return to tease the third Doctor Strange? Uh, is this going to be the opportunity for um, for Stephen Strange to pass his knowledge to Scarlet Witch and make her abilities tenfold? You know. Yeah, I think I think it'll be um, any any direction they go with it. I think will be really interesting. I think that more with the way that they cliffhangered Doctor the first Doctor Strange with Mordo's exit and. Um, you know his his change of character from I want to protect the universe to fuck the universe. I can't protect it anymore, so I'm gonna go do my own thing. You know. I think Baron Mordo's big drama is that he sees Strange break the laws of time, do exactly mm-hmm. what they were taught not to do, do exactly what Dormammu would almost encourage them to do. So he. In Baron Mordo's mind, he is still, uh, you know, lawful good. He is lawful good, Mm -hmm. and he will see that through, and he's not going to change. It's not that fuck the world necessarily. It's fuck Doctor Strange, Stephen Strange's way of saving the world, and why was he given Sorcerer Supreme? He doesn't deserve it. Right. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. You articulated it a lot better than I than I can this morning. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm having... I don't know if it's just because I'm tired, but... Do you need coffee? Well, my my brain is like... Just imagine a bowl of oatmeal with the dinosaur eggs. And you're I like, love oatmeal. I don't- and, and you're like, yeah, I've got my dinosaur egg oatmeal, and none of the eggs hatch. So it's just like big lumps of <laughs> like stale sugar. We're going to peel back a little bit. I have no idea what dinosaur eggs and oatmeal is, so whatever that is, you need to explain it to me. So in the, in, the late, in the late in the in the 90s, um uh what's the fucking uh Quaker Oats came out with this instant oatmeal that is it's a fucking oatmeal packet and when you put hot water in it there's these little dinosaur eggs, like they're like imagine the the color of uh, like the Flintstone vitamins. Totally. So they're like a pastel orange or yes. pastel they're, yellow. Yep. And then when the hot water hits them, they hatch, like they actually change shape, and you get to see like what dinosaur it is. It, it it's a cool. I mean, it got really popular when Jurassic Park was popular. Yeah, well said. Uh, so, so now you get my reference. Now I feel bad that I did not get your reference because I I kind of knew what you were talking about, but I never ate those as a kid. Like it's something I lost. Do they make them still? Yeah, they're pretty awful. I mean, they're not. They were good when I was a kid. They're not very good anymore. Oh, they definitely changed the ingredients because they, that's what they always do. They had to have. Um, but no, I, I, I really like. I really like that Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch, is a. I would assume going to be a big part of this movie. Um, you know, you you leave off Infinity War. She's snapped. Uh, you know, Paul Bettany's vision is gone, so she's emotionally just fucking destroyed. You get we get the incredible scene in Endgame where um, 
you know, she tells Thanos that that he took ev- everything from her, and he and he's just flat out. I don't, I don't even know who you are. I don't even fucking know who you are. Like, just she's such a powerful character, um, not just in in fiction, but Elizabeth Olsen does such a good job as as Scarlet Witch that she's a character moving forward in this next phase with Tony being gone, with Cap being gone kind of the the balance of power has shifted in the Avengers. I think that her and Doctor Strange specifically are two that need to come a little bit more towards the forefront because they've they've established that that uh, Carol or Captain Marvel is not going to be involved all the time and I think that's the right play. Um, you know, Thor is on his walkabout with with the Guardians, so you don't know what's going to happen there. Let's kick it off with a bang and get two of them of of your more powerful characters, kind of um, reintroduced or reimagined, or you you double down on on what they're already capable of right out of the gate going into uh, the next phase. I think that's really really smart. I absolutely agree. And you look at this this first title. Like it's funny. We're talk. We just Doctor Strange is where we decided to start. But it, if if you really look at it, this could be where big things change in the MCU. Mm-hmm. You look at there were teases, and I'm glad we can kind of sprinkle these in because there's not as these are more bullet points. We don't have official anything. There's not even a logo. But Feige did say we we haven't even started talking about mutants yet. We haven't started talking about the Fantastic Four yet. But those are happening. We're deve- they're developing them. They've made it official. They're next. They're coming. It's, yep. it's soon. So at the at the tail end of the night yesterday, Feige confirmed Fantastic Four will be done. Uh, Captain Marvel two, Guardians three for sure. I mean, it, not not that he really needed to confirm that one, but he doubled down on it and, um, you know put anybody's worries aside that that we were or were not going to get uh guardians three um thor four obviously and what was the other one besides the mutants besides the x-men that he he just briefly talked about i can't remember oh black panther 2 thank you it was black panther 2 so excuse me kevin feige is like hey you know, look at all this cool shit that we talked about today. There's a lot more cool shit. We're not ready to talk about it right now, but you will get Black Panther, one of the most important characters for the MCU right now for what the first movie did. Thank um, you. And then all the other ones that I just touched on. Uh, the next Captain Marvel, with with what she did in her origin movie and through Endgame, they're going to have to really do something big for her because they've painted her in a way that she's untouchable at this point, you know? So when, when we get some information about that one, it might be, you know, something as big as Infinity War or as big as Endgame, you know? It, it's got to be, like, for her to be involved at this point, it's got to be, like, world-shattering, you know? Absolutely agree with you 100%, man. Uh, one thing I want to mention, because because you have to nerf her power. Mm-hmm. She's so overpowered that you can't just have her fucking, oh, hey, Captain Marvel's just hanging out on Earth, a regular fucking Avenger. No. She is the literal calling the heavy guns. We need them. Mm-hmm. This is the only time we need them. But we're not fucking bothering her unless. Right. 
And I think that also sets up the future for her nicely because it allows her to eventually step into a leader role when they have to use her as the leader. And she has to not just be a big gun. And it makes her become more personal. You've seen her do all these amazing things, but now she's got to keep this team together, keep everybody moving forward. That's going to be the real test. Especially with you have the the passing of the torch or, or the passing of the shield um more more accurately there uh of captain america you know with with falcon and the winter soldier you know obviously we're going to get more kind of more of how that plays out I, I i actually you know in civil war it was so comedic um having following up you follow up winter soldier with with civil war and you have kind of the the dynamic between falcon and bucky go from being like uncomfortable tension to more comedic tension and now where they're at at the end of Endgame you know you can see that a friendship has blossomed between Falcon and Bucky and um, where Falcon is at kind of in his character just in my mind Cap thinks that he's ready for the shield but he might not be ready to lead the team yet and yes. especially especially with Stark being gone, you know, that creates even more uh, chaos, so to speak, in the Avengers. They all need a break. I, th- I think, I think uh, Feige. That's one thing that that you may or may not have mentioned a second ago. But Feige did say there will be no Avengers movie in this next phase. Yeah, and you don't need it. Let it no. breathe, man. Absolutely. Let other things start to come up, and the Avengers need to start being like the heavy hitters again. Mm-hmm. Make them the big guns. You've got all these other great teams. The Guardians are doing great things. You've got all these other characters that have stepped into powerful roles and survived Thanos. So they're all going to be on these new quests. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to say that's really awesome, and, and, it, and it's beautiful because we get to tie it in. We did not speak on how they also revealed that. A lot of Phase 4, more than I think some people are realizing, is going to take place on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And that, when we're talking about Doctor Strange, I want to tie back that the announced at Comic-Con releasing in spring of 2021 WandaVision show mm-hmm. starring Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen um, is directly tying into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. So that's fucking humongous. They're th- they're not shying away. I think this is incredible not only marketing on Disney's point, you know, we we have touched on that enough that I, I don't think anyone needs to to hear uh a monologue about how great Disney is at marketing because they are. You know, they just are. They're the best in the business. Um but you know, with with Everything that took place in Spider-Man Far From Home, you know, there was some concern. Are we getting a Marvel multiverse? Are we not? You know, with everything that happened with Mysterio and Spider-Man in the movie, you you don't really know because according to Mysterio in the movie, the whole multiverse thing was just bullshit. Just to convince Fury, just to convince Fury of the threat, um... You take the title of Doctor Strange, the multiverse, uh, is that 
is that partially going to be how they bring Vision back? And, you know, Feige and Disney and Marvel, they have all these movies that they want to make. They can't do six or seven movies a year. It's just not possible. And it would flood the market even more than it already is. And then I think at that point, they definitely would get stale. Yeah, and the nice thing, too, with the TV show is it's long-form storytelling, so you can really dive into these characters you already love and get even more depth. Like, you never thought Paul Bettany and fucking uh, Elizabeth Olsen would be TV stars doing after they've been Avengers. Like, you don't go backwards and just do TV. So this is them not really doing TV. It's them like, hey, you guys have been hard workers. This is going to pay off. People are going to love it. You know, trust what we're saying, and here you go. Here's some real money. Well, and it's, you know? incredib- it's incredibly smart, too, because if you look at it either direction, little story threads, literally little plot elements and plot devices you can tease or introduce in the show or in bigger production movies, and then you can keep those little elements relevant throughout the show or in movies farther down the road. So we might see something in Doctor Strange that does not become relevant until WandaVision or any of the other shows. We might see something in Doctor Strange that is only relevant in the Loki show. You just don't know. Well, let, let, let me clarify one thing for you. WandaVision actually happens before Strange, as in it feeds directly into that story. Well, that's what I'm saying. It can go either. It can. It can. It can go either way. We might see something. Oh. In, we might see something in WandaVision that it it doesn't even register on our radar, and then it becomes relevant in Doctor Strange. I got you. My bad. I misinterpreted. Yep. Sorry about that. that that's but what I will I'm saying. Say, it, it can go either direction because you could tease stuff in one show that becomes relevant in another show or another movie down the line, and then so on and so forth. Got a lot more shit to start watching, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to have to dedicate more time to Disney Plus shows, that's for sure. But well, uh, I, I think, you know, I'm the perfect example. I'm not up to date. I'm not caught up on any of the DC shows or the, the, the WB shows whatsoever. Um when it comes time for Disney plus I don't have an option to not be episode for episode with all of this material because this, you know, Disney launching a streaming service to some people might not see, seem groundbreaking, but what they're aiming to do with all of the Marvel stuff, their entire catalog, basically almost right out of the gate, all the Star Wars stuff, bro. The Mandalorian and all the Star Wars stuff. Disney is trying to do in in 2019 what like HBO and Stars and Showtime did a decade ago. You know, come to us for the best in entertainment. The new alternative. Yes, mm-hmm. we are the new alternative in entertainment. And before we get too far away from WandaVision, because we gotta kinda we're gonna jump to the next stuff here in a minute. I do want to mention there was a huge announcement with WandaVision we didn't touch on yet. Hit but me. Tayona Paris has been cast in this show. You don't you probably don't know who Tayona Ter- uh, Tayona Paris is, but let me tell you, you know the character she's playing because she is going to be a grown-up Monica Rambeau. Whoa. The little girl from Captain Marvel. Hell yeah. And let me tell you, her comic character, Monica Rambeau, is Spectrum, and she's a fucking badass. Right. Holy shit. So, 
looks like we're we're also going to be getting introduced to other new players through these TV shows as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I think is so awesome about. Um, you know, WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki, there are, I mean, it's unlimited avenues for them to sprinkle in or double down on characters, maybe introduce original new characters. I mean, they, they with these with these shows, they have, I mean, they have source material, but they, they they basically have freedom that they've never been given before with these characters, and I think that's what's so unique and um, going to be so awesome going forward. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, you, I'm surprised you didn't touch on this, and I'm, maybe you didn't see the announcement, but Jeremy Renner, back as Hawkeye, has his own oh, yeah, series yeah, yeah. now. I, I, I totally. just spaced it. It's okay. No worries. I'm trying to keep us together here. Kate Bishop... We saw her in Endgame for a brief moment, training a little bit. Get they will be bringing. They, she got snapped, but now she's going to come back and take the mantle of Hawkeye. And now, this is what I really love because now you can write Jeremy Renner off slow, beautifully. He doesn't have to die. It doesn't have to be like big stakes like that. It can be like, hey man, I'm hanging up the boots because I don't want to do it anymore, and you are more than capable of being Hawkeye. Hawkeye, you know. Mm-hmm. And spe- then that's a. a- Especially, too, because Hawkeye has one of the most uh, emotional journeys through Endgame and, and, and some of the best character development, I feel like. Not only not only is he ready to just retire and be with his family, but he, in Endgame, the only thing he wanted to do was die. He, he, he I mean, obviously other than bring his family back, but... He just wanted it to end, and there was Absolutely. no there was no one left on Earth that could do that for him. Man, and it's crazy too because even though he wanted it to end, like he couldn't. And then to make matters worse, he had to watch the last of his fucking family die mm-hmm. like right in front of him in the most brutal fashion. But then, in the universe is kind of counterbalancing. He's still having this heavy weight of losing Natasha. And he gets this bone thrown to him. The snap, the 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 new snap works. Mm-hmm. The undoing of the snap works. And his wife texts him, and it's like everything is right as rain. But he still is feeling the weight of losing and Natasha. And of course, Laura, his wife, is going to feel that effect. All their kids are going to feel that effect. So Scarlett Johansson is going to affect the Hawkeye show. Mm-hmm. Her presence is going to be like Tony, but more because she was more important to that family than Tony was. Right. You know, and that's awesome. Very well. There was said. another show. There was another show on the the streaming service that they announced. You you had mentioned Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to get into that in a second because it's got some big implications. But Marvel, what if? Do you know about this? Oh yes, yeah, I totally spaced that one too. <laughs> no, it's okay. This one I didn't expect us to like cover as something that's going to be phase four. You must watch it. You know, the only way I can see them doing this is if they say, like, Marvel What If is based on the Multiverse of Madness, and these are some of the things you could have seen in the Multiverse of Madness, and maybe they can tease these little Easter eggs or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's What Ifs, which they did in the comics, like, what if Peggy Carter became Captain America and not Steve Rogers, and, Mm -hmm. you know, all these other What If questions. So 
the cool thing about this is they didn't just go and say, hey, we're going to go cast people that kind of sound like the actor because the actors cost too much money or whatever. They got like pretty much everybody who plays the characters in the movies to voice their roles mm-hmm. for Marvel What If. So you're going to have like an audio representation of the MCU still, even if it's not visually done like we expect them to do it. Well, and did you see who's going to narrate Marvel What If? Jeffrey Wright. As? The Watcher. Mm-hmm. Train I of th- our existence just got me. I'm so sorry. I, I think that's incredible. Oh, absolutely. This is a win across the board. That's going to debut summer of 2021. Uh, the first one that's debuting on the streaming service, though, is uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And the way I see this, Falcon and the Winter Soldier... I think you got to agree with me. It's got to be coming off of and feeling the effects of both Endgame, and then we're going to get some tie-in stuff that happens in Black Widow, which we haven't officially talked about, but they officially announced Black Widow. Uh, totally Because agree. Black Widow comes before the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The cool thing about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier logo has Cap Shield as the logo. It's it's not just uh, like Falcon wings and then like the Winter Soldier arm. Mm-hmm. Cap Shield is mostly the logo, so it's going to be dealing heavily with. Um, yeah, it's, it says they're going to fight together against evil after the events of Avengers Endgame. Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan came on stage and greeted the fans, and it was revealed. Are you ready for this? I don't know if you re- did. You read about this yet? Yeah. Okay, so you already know what I'm about to say, but. Daniel Brohl will return officially as the villain Baron Zemo, not just Zemo, Baron Zemo. He's officially crossed over. They also announced he will have a comics-accurate costume in the movie. Hell yeah. Uh, and they're, so they're going to definitely drive him off the rails. Last time we see Baron Z- or Zemo before he is Baron Zemo is uh, in Civil War. His life is spared by Black Panther when he almost killed himself. And Black Panther stops him and, and, and lets him go and tells him that he should, you know, you know, it's going to be okay. Like, you don't have to kill himself. I think this, is, inc- I think, I think this is incredible. You take one of the, uh, the most forgotten about, as far as the MCU goes, you know, kind of, um, what's the phrase, like... Masterminds? Well, the the placeholder villains in the MCU. You know, we we as fans don't talk a, a lot about his his ultimate role in how everyone ended up in Endgame. I I think it has one of the most uh or some of the most bearing on where each individual character ended up because of all the drama that took place in Civil War. Yeah, that he helped create. <laughs> mhm. And, so. and uh, him driving a wedge between Cap and Iron Man at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is one thing I really love, too, is that Bucky and Falcon lived through Civil War. They also both were snapped, and then they lived through the end of the battle against Thanos, right? Mm-hmm. They defeated Thanos. Uh, and, and maybe their heroes necessarily didn't or, you know, went on to live his own life and do his own thing. You see the beautiful moment at the end of Endgame. But then now they're together, and it's like, what do you do now? Uh, they also said that Anthony Mackie will be donning the Captain America Falcon accurate suit 
for the show. So I, I my guess is he'll get that at the end of the season. They aren't going to give that to him early on. It's going to yeah. be kind of like how they do TV shows. He's going to be just still kind of doing his thing and not really accepting the role of Captain America other than maybe carrying the shield, you know? Mm. Okay. And, uh, you know, Bucky's going to be helping him, and he's going to have great insight. He's He's got essentially the same kind of powers that Cap had. And he's 100 and, years old. And he's 100 years old, so he can fucking give the same kind of advice and, and, and be a mentor in that regard. He can also help train uh, Falcon, you know, to be Sam Wilson, if you will, to be a better Sam Wilson because he doesn't have the super soldier serum. Mm -hmm. He is just a man, you know? And I don't know, maybe at some point they find a way to give him the super soldier serum. There's like a hidden vial that, but that, I think that that would maybe, maybe start to become a little convoluted. I like it more that he is just a dude now. Yeah. Like when I've said for, I've said for a long time that you know uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow obviously get overshadowed a lot. Tony Stark wasn't just a man uh, because of, of of his capabilities. Um, the 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 regular Joes are are some of the most important people to the entire franchise of the Avengers in every movie. You know, th there's very important moments where the whole thing would have been lost if the regular Joes wouldn't have been doing what they were doing. So, I've really enjoyed um, Anthony Mackie as Falcon, and I, I really, really look forward to the show. Sebastian Stan, you know, it, it goes without being said, but he is incredible as Winter Soldier. Um, I, I think it would be really interesting, especially if Baron Zemo is going to be the villain... Um, if you have a little bit more of that Cold War era, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, drama, kind do of. Do you think? Do you think that Daniel Brühl could maybe? Uh, I mean, we haven't really touched on this, but do you think he could possibly brainwash a soldier again? And maybe that's part of the thing is that soldiers the villain throughout this season. I mean, he doesn't mean to be. Possibly, um, but is that know, just rehashing a story? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know it. It might al it al might almost be more interesting to see Zemo get the serum that that uh, Bucky got. Oh my god, that's brilliant! I, I love that idea. I, I think that would be a little bit because you you touched on well, if we superpower Falcon, then you know you basically just have Captain America with wings, and that and that's. That's pretty lame, you know. It, it's just it's a cop out to to write a good story, um, especially because Winter Soldier already has the powers that Cap had. So and he's got a fucking bionic arm. Yes. So I mean, if if you're if you're just gonna focus on Captain America has is a super soldier, why not give? Bucky the shield and then just have Falcon as the companion character. I think it's a little bit more um it would be a little bit more dire of 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 an issue if if Zemo somehow got the technology and and or not necessarily the technology but the the information on how they turned Bucky into what Bucky is now and did it to himself. Oh, that would be yes. Yeah, that's that's and that would also drive him crazy, because mm -hmm. like this year, oh man, you're on the right track. Well, I can't wait to see where they go with this uh, 
fall of 2020. Mm-hmm. So this will be like their first real big showing fall of 2020. I will say we briefly touched on it. I do want to go back a little bit because there are some cool things coming out of it. They announced Black Widow. Uh, it wasn't really a big surprise, you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson returning as Black Widow. Um, well, I, I think one, one, one thing of note to kind of point out is, you know, you and I were almost convinced that Black Widow was going to be a red herring. So the announcement of this movie, I, I think, you know, it's a little bit disappointing because we had some theories of what you could possibly use Black Widow as a placeholder for and then maybe give us something a little bit bigger. Um, but from this announcement, I, I'm pretty satisfied, and I'll, I'll let you go into it more. Yeah, no, I'm satisfied as well, man. Really, the biggest takeaways, uh, not even Scarlett Johansson's return as Black Widow, which I think this is, honestly, this is, if, 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 if I'm being just here and thinking about it from a fair perspective, this is Marvel's way of, like, apologizing to Black Widow fans for, like, hey... So we killed off your favorite character. It was an emotional moment. And that was pretty emotional. But then we trumped that with a way more emotional moment that is felt way more throughout the entire universe in Tony's death. And no one fucking cares that Black Widow died. Yeah. She had to die. It was a sacrifice, right? That's kind of what that's kind of how people's brain shifted because you look at it and you're like, well, she just she had to do it because then they got everybody back. I mean, whatever. That was just how it played out. It can't be that sad. So with this, it's you know it's not so much that she's back, but it's like, hey, we're going to right those wrongs. We're going to tell a story in between times you haven't seen that are also going to launch other things into the future, i.e. new characters who can maybe fill out our universe even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at this cast. You've got uh, David Harbour signed on. He's going to be playing the Red Guardian. Do you know about that character? Yep. Red Guardian's like the for for those of you who don't know he's like the Soviet Russia Captain America Captain uh Soviet I know that sounds bad that's why they named him Red Guardian because it sounds better than Captain Soviet No I I, I think this is incredible um especially because you know you've got Winter Soldier who most people especially with with what they've seen in in Winter Soldier and Civil War is like you would think that he would be the the USSR's version of Captain America. Nope. Red Guardian is. Well yeah, because Winter Soldier's more like their fucking assassin, you know? Mm-hmm. He 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 and, and and to go back to Captain America or to go back to the Falcon, which is technically Captain America now, and the Winter Soldier, the the funny thing to mention about that is like there's one line of dialogue throughout the MCU that is why Sam Wilson is Cap and not Bucky Barnes. Okay. Erkstein, the guy that gave uh, the serum initially to Cap, you are a good man, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why he picked him. You're a good man. That was It wasn't because of muscle. It wasn't because of anything else. And he, he, you know, he drives that home in Captain America, the first Avenger. So now all these years later, when you're going to the end of the line with, with Steve, he's on that bench and he says, you're good. Or he, he goes to leave before he's on the bench. And he says, you're a good man, Sam. He mm-hmm. already knows. He already knows because he, he can't give it to Bucky. No offense. Bucky has some red in his ledger. He fucking killed the Starks in cold blood. Like, and a I don't lot care of if other he was people. brainwashed. And a lot of fucking other people, you know? So 
with that being said, you can't, I mean, even though it wasn't really his fault, he's not a good man. Not pure in that form. And if you're going to be the symbol of hope like Captain America is, you have to be pure. And that's why Anthony Mackie, Sam Wilson gets chosen. So you fast forward back into Black Widow, which is the other way around because Black Widow is going to happen first. Uh, Rachel Weiss has also been cast. Uh, Florence Pugh. Uh, it's going to be directed by Kate Shortland, which I guess Kate Shortland has done a bunch of indie films. She's a real small-scale director, and a lot of people are excited that, that, that she's doing this movie because they know she's going to be able to tell a great story while also it being an action flick. So right. I'm not going to lie. like I'm like, until I see footage, which we're probably going to get footage at D23 is my guess. I know they got they got footage at SDCC last night of some of this, right? Mm-hmm. We won't get footage till around D23. They just they'll delay it a little bit. But uh we aren't even done talking about the craziness because one of my favorite villains in the entire history of comics makes his way into this film. Motherfucking Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited, dude. Sorry for the pause. I lost you there for a second. It's okay. The internet's kind of shoddy today for some reason. Fucking Xfinity. <clears throat> So anyways, yeah, man. Uh, Black Widow, okay, cool, I'm into it. Um, the uh, Another big announcement, the next movie that's coming out in 2020 that we can talk about, and this announcement came with a very large cast I'm going to read off in a second. We are officially getting the Eternals movie. Mm-hmm. Just know, it's, it's, it's not The Eternals, though, it's just Eternals. I need to note that it doesn't say The in the actual logo, it just is Eternals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just announced in Hall H at SDCC Marvel's Eternals with, here's the cast, Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Kamal Nunjani, Lauren Ridloff, Brian Tyree Henry, Selma Hayek, Leah McHugh, and Don Lee, directed by Chloe Zao, coming to theaters November 6th of 2020. Unfortunately, <clears throat> no Keanu Reeves. No Keanu Reeves. That means they're saving him for something else, man. He's got to have a big role. He's going to be telling Moon Knight. You. you think so? I think that'd be a cool role for him, Moon Knight. I mean, there. I think Wolverine would be a better role for him. Man, I don't know. I don't know if he's got enough, like, I don't know. I- emotion to be Wolverine? Yeah. Maybe I mean, then you know, you know who he would play a better of, because since he's a little devoid of emotion... Hit me. And I know we've said who we want John Krasinski to play, but what if Keanu became Mr. Fantastic? Mm. I mean, yeah. Is that is that a little too much star power at the top there for that role? Uh, man, I don't know. Because I almost like, I almost like, sorry to tangent here, folks, but I almost like no uh, Mr. Fantastic, like a little bit more comedic. And I think John Krasinski would do that like very, very well. Yes. You know? I don't know. I, I I've seen, you know, we've seen the the rumors that Keanu is going to be in the Eternals. We, you know, now that there's the rumor going around that he's going to be Moon Knight, Marvel's version of Batman, white suit instead of black suit. You know, blah 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 blah. I think wherever wherever you need to plug him in, plug him in. If you want to cast uh, Keanu Reeves as Adam Warlock, I'm all about it. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm into I, that, too. I, I, I think, especially as popular and as well-received as Keanu Reeves <laughs> is, 
by fans here right now at this moment in 2019. I think wherever they eventually plug him or inevitably plug him in at, I, I think I'll be totally happy with it, and I think everybody else will too. Um, a very, very interesting cast for the Eternals. Uh, the Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek totally did not expect that. Uh, let me read off who is playing who because actually they announced this as well. So okay. the film includes Richard Madden starring as Icarus, Kamal Nunjani as Kingo, Lauren Ridloff as Makari, Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos, uh, Selma Hayek as Ajax, uh, Leah McHugh as Sprite, Don Lee as Gilgamesh, and Angelina Jolie will be playing Thena. Okay. Um, a lot of characters people are probably not going to know, a lot of B-list guys. But all-star cast, interesting story, great script, and you know Marvel's going to hit a home run. I trust in them. I'm excited to see what this movie is. Well, and uh, I, I'm yeah. almost more excited to see how this movie is made relevant. Well, I, th- you know, I think it's going to be like a multitude of things because... By doing this, they're opening up more of the history of the MCU and a lot of stuff we haven't seen and a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And maybe, who knows, maybe this is where there's a redistribution of some stones because the current timeline doesn't have any stones or whatever the reason is that it's relevant to now. They're brought to the now, but they're from millions of years in the past and they're, you know, watching the universe unfold almost as the Watchers, you know. Uh, you know, or, or I, I don't know. I have, I have no idea where they're going to take this, man. The, I, that's one thing that I'm not going to lie. It really, the, sometimes the unknown movies with Marvel excite me more. Because I'm like, if you're putting this shit on the big screen, you really trust that it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. The the only thing that I would really uh, kind of wish list for for the Eternals is if, if it is going to be Infinity Stone centric, I'm totally okay with that because it, it's relevant. Avoid avoid making the current timeline have Infinity Stones again. So they can't. No one can go after them again. Well, so not every major plot device of every movie going forward is an Infinity Stone. Do it more artifacts of magic, i.e., Doctor Strange. You know, you're walking Ooh. through the Sanctum Santorum, and everything in there is an artifact of power of some sort. I love that. If you're gonna if you're gonna go cosmic and and magical with it, make some magic shit relevant. Make that the artifacts of power that people are trying to get or have gotten to be where they're at. So, well, and like I said, man, we're you know uh, as far as uh, Black Widow, we're less than a year away. So you Mm -hmm. gotta think soon they'll start be rolling stuff out and we'll start seeing things about it and whatnot. Same thing can be said for Eternals. We're a little over a year away, so it's it's coming soon. You gotta think they're probably getting ready to film it. We know that Black Widow right now is finishing filming. Mm -hmm. Uh but like I said, with the unknowns, man, they uh they draw they they didn't this wasn't really a surprise. I again thought this could be a red herring, but I'm excited that it's not once they revealed the title of the movie. (laughs) Uh we are getting Shang-Chi, officially. It's going to be kind of a kung flu flick. How do you feel about the title of Shang-Chi? It blew my mind. It made me like hard as a rock. It got me super stoked. I um, I went out and did laps. <laughs> I mean, I jerked off into a pool of my own tears. Whoa. It was great. <laughs> oh, I went there. It was it was insane. This is how excited I got because <laughs> wow. let me tell you. Uh, well, let me tell you. There's one misstep I've always felt that the 
first era of the MCU had. Okay. And that was the representation of the Mandarin. And mm. you get um, Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery playing the Mandarin, being controlled by people and not in control. You also, early in the MCU, all the way back to the very first movie, have the Ten Rings being introduced. They're the people that have Tony in the cave. Like, So it's all connected. So now you have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, meaning they're going to open that world up and explain what's really going on. But then, the big thing, man, Sima Liu got cast as Shang-Chi, and I'm excited to see what's done with that role. Aquafina is amazing. She's hilarious. I saw her in uh, Ocean's 8. Uh, but Tony Leung is playing the Mandarin, not some knockoff Mandarin. He is the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Like, we are getting the Mandarin. The Mandarin is for real. Here's the really cool thing. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings drops February 12th of 2021, which is the first day of the Chinese New Year in 2021. Awesome. Yes, I love that. So Feige spoke about the feature film Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Ring and detailed how the legend has been hinted at in the MCU since the first Iron Man. Um, and an unanticipated surprise at all, he had then announced and confirmed that Sima Lu was the title role of Shang-Chi. And both the actor and the director, uh, Destin Daniel Creighton, came on to stage to greet the audience. Uh, they cast Aquafina in a yet-to-be-disclosed role and revealed that the real Mandarin will be played by the celebrated Chinese actor Tony Leung. What else? So, what else has has Sima Lu been in? Uh, utilize the Googles. Let's see. Well, that's what I'm doing, and I'm struggling. It's probably because how I'm. There we go. Uh, hold on. Maybe I'm saying his name wrong. Am I saying this dude's fucking name wrong, guys? Simu Liu. Not Sima. Simu. S-I-M-U-L-I-U. He has done... He was in Taken, Warehouse 13. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Um, plus, view three more. What other movies are he, have, have, has he been in? Uh, Akira Projects, Orphan Black, Bad Blood. Oh, he's a 30-year-old looking dude. His birthday is my birthday. That's fucking wicked. We share birthdays. Cool. He's taller than me, though, by like an inch, so that sucks. Mm. Uh, April 19th of 89, though, so he's two years younger, but that's, yeah, okay. Hell yeah, man. You're old, Nate. Uh, that's what they call me, old Nate. Old Nate. And you know what's funny? I'm not even, I'll, t- I'll tell it here on the show, because it's funny as shit. For one minute, I had that fucking face app, the fucking... Russian-owned face app that's stealing everybody's identities that they already have. Mm-hmm. I only put one picture in to see how I would look old, and I was immediately like, yeah, I don't ever want to see that again. I'm just going to shut this off now. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I was like, all right, I'm a tangling-ass grandpa. Like, I'm into it, you know? But <laughs> Did you jack off into a pool of your own tears again? Not, of an, not to an old version of myself. I'm not hey, that fucked up. Some people are into that, man. I'm not into that. I want to say, I'm, I'm curious how many people put their wiener in there, though, to try to see how old their wiener would look. <laughs> oh. what, I, what I think is, is really cool about Shang-Chi is, is, much like the Eternals, this is a character that pretty much nobody knows about. I mean, 
I'm I'm a diehard fan of Shang Chi, and every time, or of not Shang Chi, of of Marvel, and every time we talk about Shang Chi, I got to look stuff up. You know. Yeah, because I mean, he, he the obviously the Moran, the Mandarin we're, we're familiar with, and and the Ten Rings reference I got, but like just Shang Chi, I just don't know a lot about him. Yeah, he's um kind of under the radar. Uh, they said you know it's gonna be like a kick-ass kind of Bruce Lee, but not really Bruce Lee style movie. It's gonna be deep, impactful. They have a lot of story to tell with this character who's rich in the universe. You know, this could be a character, man. People are like, "What the fuck? Why are we getting a Shang Chi movie?" It could be a one-off though that's so impactful. He doesn't need to be a sequel character that has a long franchise, you know, like some of these other guys. Or he could be in his own movie for one movie and then get picked up to do something else as a part of the universe and is in a journey with another team or doing other things or Mm -hmm. is a part of someone else's universe and can be even more impactful. Uh, Who knows what they're going to do with this? Let me ask you this. If we would not have gotten the Iron Fist TV show, do you think we would have gotten an Iron Fist movie instead of Shang-Chi? Probably. I really do. I think that maybe they wanted to do Daniel Rand's story more, but they kind of boofed the pooch there maybe shang chi could have had the tv series instead of but they were of course they had a plan oh we're going to have netflix let's make a defenders team let's do the defenders you know whatever blah blah mm-hmm. blah so yeah man i don't know i think th- but i think you're right if if we didn't have that iron fist series i think we would in fact be seeing that on the screen on the big screen instead first not to say because that we I- wouldn't ever see shang chi right. but it would be Definitely their move to do Iron Fist first. Because Iron Fist is, is I mean, you can't argue it, is a, is a more recognized character than Shang-Chi. Absolutely, hands down. Um, But now let's dive into this meaty, juicy bitch of a sandwich, bro. Because we've got, like, people are like, man, they've got a lot of good news to cover. Yeah, Marvel did a great job. Like, holy shit, we've talked for a lot of time, and we still have more to go. It's crazy. And this And this is just Comic-Con. They might. I mean, who who's to say what we get at D twenty three? It could be double the amount of this shit. We just don't know. Absolutely, they could show us the whole next ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've only we've really only the tip of the iceberg. The next three years is not seeing a lot of the MCU. Mm-mm. It's seeing a very very small finite scale. But they're giving us a fuck ton. It had been teased. It had been rumored. People were saying we're probably getting Thor four. It's happening. We're excited. It was officially announced. Cast, Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, very important, Natalie Portman's return, Taika Waititi returning as the director November 5th of 2021, but I saved it. Tyler, what is the title for this movie? Uh, Thor? Yeah, for Thor 4, you didn't see? It's, uh, no, well I did, but I don't remember. Oh damn! <laughs> I was trying to give you a softball. My I, bad. I'll I let I let you down there. No, um, I just beamed you with the pitch. Is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it Thor: Love and Thunder? Yes, it is. And let me tell you, I'm about to educate some of y'all, y'all motherfuckers, on the realness because I know what they intend on doing. It's beautiful. It's ambitious. It's crazy. Natalie Portman is going to be taking over the powers of Thor and have Mjolnir, okay? Mm -hmm. They did this in the comics, Lady Thor, real character, okay? Yep. 
Do you know why Jane Foster was given Mjolnir? Do you know what the purpose of her being gifted the powers of Thor was? I never read Lady Thor, so I don't know. Let me break your heart. (laughs) So Jane Foster, out of nowhere, gets stage four terminal cancer. Yep, okay, I remember reading that now. And she is on death's fucking door. Hours to live. And Thor is broke up over it. He's kind of more of an old man at this point. He's lived, he's had a good journey, and he gives her Mjolnir. And every time she has Mjolnir and the power of Lady Thor, she's alive, and she can do all the things, and she isn't dying of cancer anymore. Mm -hmm. But as soon as she stops being Thor, she starts dying again. So I think they're going to tell that story, dude. It's going to be brutal. You know, and it'll... It, it, it also, it'll be like, it will also be like this. <laughs> oh, we have a special guest on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Miss Ruby. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> that was awesome. She did a great job. Can you go play with Mama until I'm done? That was a gr- she did a great job. She's been on the podcast a couple times today now. Mm-hmm. That's great. But so I think so that- would you Go say ahead. would you say in good conscience then that that this is Natalie Portman's last movie in the MCU? Absolutely, it's going to be super impactful. Her death is going to hurt. It's going to be like sad, and it's also here's another thing. This frees up Chris Hemsworth because. You know, in a couple, in a, in, a, in, in probably in 2022 is what I think they've said, or, or maybe in 2021. Who knows what the play is here, really? But they might be surprising us still and have something else up their sleeve. We don't know. At some point, you're getting Guardians 3, though. Mm-hmm. And we know that Thor left with the Guardians. So either he's going to be dropped off in this movie and go back to his world, or he's still going to be a Guardian. He's going to detour for a minute, give Jane the power of Thor to go find himself. And she's going to have this adventure as Thor, and he's not really going to be in the movie a whole lot. Like, they can sparsely utilize him. So let, let's talk about this, because it, I, th- I think it gets a little bit uh, confusing. Thor is Thor. Yes. And has the power of Thor originally because of Mjolnir. Yes. Mjolnir gets destroyed. Yes. No longer has the powers of Thor. No, because he has Stormbreaker, which mm-hmm. he could still channel the powers of Thor because it was still mystical and built the same way. Okay. So if he, he how let me ask you this to get to get your your theory. How does he give her the power of something that he does not have? Well, you've got a movie that comes before this movie called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And okay. I think at some point at some point, there's going to be some reveals. I don't know if it's going to be where Scroll are, who Scroll are, whatever, whatever the reveal is. But there's also going to be some other revelations that these characters that we've been with in our universe have affected our timeline previously as well. Like in the future, they've come back to this point. And things like Thor, he's maybe went into an alternate timeline and just said, look, the multiverse is the multiverse. And there's going to be a multiverse with no Thor, with no hammer. And I have to fucking have the hammer. I'm going to go take my fucking hammer. He goes and gets his hammer, and now he still has a secondary power of Thor. He didn't lose it. He was still worthy, just as we saw in Endgame. So then now he can say, look, here you go, Natalie Portman. You have the actual power of Thor. Like, this is, when you wield Mjolnir, you will be, because you're going to be worthy, you know? Like, 
I make it so because now I'm the king of Asgard. He can whisper into it just like Odin did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side of the thing, you look at, he still has a weapon that he isn't going to hold. And at some point he will get Mjolnir back because Jane Foster will die. It, it, it's inevitable. You have to accept that that's going to be something they do in this universe is kill Natalie Portman's character off, right? Mm-hmm. So for a short amount of time, he will wield Stormbreaker and Mjolnir again. No, because as soon as he gets Mjolnir back, he's going to hold that on, hold on to that like it's a trophy, like it's her. You know, it's his last remnant of of Jane Foster, and Stormbreaker will be handed to Beta Ray Bill as it should be. Mm, okay. And now Beta Ray Bill has a reason for having his powers. He has a reason to be kind of like Thor. It, it all adds into the universe. Stormbreaker is now actually his weapon, which was his weapon in the first place in the comics. So it, right. it comes back full circle. You found a more clever way to bring it all together. We've already been teased Beta Ray Bill exists. He was also on Sakaar at one point. Maybe he was on Sakaar when fucking Thor was on Sakaar. We didn't see him, though. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe he's introduced in this movie. Who knows? We haven't officially been told. Because I, because uh, couldn't you couldn't you go a different route and just have uh, uh, Nietzsche make you another Mjolnir? I mean, yeah, but that's kind of like a cop out. And then you have two Mjolnirs on. Oh, you mean Thor at the jump having Nietzsche make him another Mjolnir? Mm-hmm. Ooh. I kind of like that because then you give it a reason to bring Eitri back and we get to see him again. And maybe he's revitalized, you know, um, Nidavellir. And it's not just a dead shithole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking, you know. Um, I, I It might be unintentional foreshadowing, but, you know, in Infinity War when Thor is dying and, and Nitri's running around, he needs the axe. Um, it needs the X. If 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 Jane Foster is dying of cancer, Thor knows what she needs, and he goes and gets her Mjolnir, and Nietzsche yeah. makes her a new one. You know, I I think that would be a good alternate kind of. That's impactful, actually. And then you know what? You could actually have Thor like zap Mjolnir with lightning from Stormbreaker as it's mm-hmm. being built to like fortify it. Oh, that's wicked. I like that, but. Dude, I'm telling you, she's gonna wheel. She's gonna have like the Lady Thor armor. There's, mm-hmm. there's more. There's more layers to this too because it's not done yet. The announcement of this didn't just get like, oh hey, this is happening. It also was revealed Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie, who is now Queen of Asgard, mm-hmm. is searching for her queen, and will officially be the first LGBTQ plus superhero in the MCU that's not just one of the Russos being uh, a normal person who happens to be gay. Right. So I think that's really interesting because it's an impactful way for them to tell a love story that's important. She's technically king or queen of Asgard, I guess. I don't know how you look at that. Or of new Asgard. And, you know, you have to have somebody by her side and she prefers a, a lady and that's cool. You know, yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's she's, huge she, for the future. She's a Valkyrie. It makes sense. They're all women. Yeah, it's huge for the future. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited. Y- you know, and we talk about Thor, and that's like a huge reveal. I fucking marked out Love and Thunder's reveal, and like they showed her on stage taking Mjolnir, and she didn't really. 
My thing was I was hoping she was going to do the true Lady Thor pose where she threw it all the fucking way up and was like, oh, but she just kind of like half held it almost like a torch. And I was like, oh, come on, Natalie Portman. But she hasn't officially played the role yet, so she doesn't know herself as Lady Thor yet. I give her some somewhat of a break. Right. I, I, I'm really excited to see Jane Foster kind of come back into the fray. You know, she had the cameo appearance in Endgame, which was really comical and, and fun. Um, she was such an important char- er, important part of Thor's story in the beginning that now, you know, where we're at in the in in his story, you know, it, it'll be a really interesting dynamic to have her back, like full time. Well, yeah, and consider like look at it like this: Thor survives the events of Endgame. He knows that only twenty five percent of all Asgardians that he took over as king are alive uh, and then and then it's 50% once the blip happens because the snap and the blip are two different things the snap is thanos snapping and dusting everybody mm-hmm. the blip is the undoing where everyone returned just for those of you who didn't know there was actually a difference um but so there's half of asgard alive thor has seen a lot of his friends die tony's dead Ka- uh, cap is gone you heimdall's know, gone Heimdall's gone. His dad's gone. Loki's, Loki's gone. gone. Uh, I mean, he's seen everyone fucking go, and Jane Foster's like it for him. And he can't let her die too. You know? And actually, I think that's it's actually brilliant because he left on the ship. I already know how they're going to do it, dude. Set in stone. Thor is still going to be a guardian. They can still do that story. He's going to leave to Earth for a minute, so maybe there'll be a cameo from the Guardians in this movie. He'll leave to Earth because the only thing that could bring Thor back to Earth is Jane Foster. Mm-hmm. He learns that Jane is sick. Maybe the chick that always said meow meow uh, tells him or something. I don't know how she communicates it to him. You know, Thor's like, oh my God, Jane survived the, the blip and I didn't even go say anything to her. I could have fucking seen her. What am I doing? Like, what the fuck? And then now she's sick and there's something wrong. So then it kicks him into high fucking gear like, oh shit, man, here we go. Um I dig I'm it. excited. I'm excited to see what they possibly pull off with this. But with with it with the title being Love and Thunder, I was like, they're telling, they're going to tell the right Jane Foster origin story of her Lady Thorne. It's going to be heartbreaking. It's going to be hard to watch, but it's going to be really good. Like, I hate cancer movies, man. They kill me. They're so sad. They're, they're they awful. normally kill the cancer patient too. Damn, that was a great joke. <laughs> Home run. <laughs> nice, nice shot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Saw his shot, decided to fucking take it and hit the home run. My man, I need you to introduce this last one because it's the big one. It's the one that um I'm most jazzed to dive into. The most shocking of all the announcements we got yesterday. One that no one anticipated, no one planned for, no one predicted, expected, nothing. He's the man of myth and legend. A man of two worlds. Mostly at nighttime, but also daytime. It's Blade fucking hunter of vampires man it's blade dude i'm telling you fucking jazzed i'm i would my mind was blown away so i was telling you this earlier but like when i was going and and like on marvel's page last night watching them announce stuff and they announced black widow and i was like (coughs) well that's the it that's it like that's their big reveal that's the thing they're gonna go out on wow they had all these big booms they could have ended on thor would have been a huge reveal. They decided to go with Black Widow. Fucking weak. And then, out of nowhere, they're like, oh, by the way, one more thing. We have something huge to announce. 
and they drop this blade announcement. The logo looks fucking sick. Yeah. I'm already lost in it. But who they have cast as Blade is a home run. Uh, Mahershala Ali. So, you know, I, you and I have talked on the show previously that I think that there, there has been needed, there is needed to be a um, Blade reboot in the MCU for a while. It allows you to, to kind of tell a little bit darker of a narrative like the Punisher allows you to do. And, you know, it, it fits in a little bit more, I think, with the supernatural stuff that they might be trying to do in this phase of the MCU with, with Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. Um, you know, it allows you to bring in characters like uh, Morbius and, and, and the Moon Knight is relevant to that, too. Um, but, but Wesley Snipes is one of those characters... Um, you know, kind of like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Who do, <laughs> who do you in your right mind replace Wesley Snipes as Blade with? And I, I think they they knocked it out of the park with this casting. Um, he's played so many dark and mysterious villains that Blade is kind of that guy anyway, just because of how visceral he is. He is there to kill vampires, and that's it. Pretty much, yeah, he's you fucking know? him up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, this, you know, I I told you right before we started to record or started recording when we were doing kind of our pre-show stuff that for me this was the biggest announcement from the panel yesterday, just because of of all the stuff that you can do with it and like how obscure of a character it is. When you think of the MCU or Marvel comics, how many people say, "Oh yeah, that's where the Blade comics are at," you know? I'm one of those people, and this means a lot to me. Yes, absolutely. Now, one thing I want to mention, man, uh, Mahershala Ali has been in so many fucking Oscar-nominated and or Oscar-winning movies. So, uh, <clears throat> so here, here's just a small list. Maybe you do or don't know him. Free State of Jones, mm-hmm. which was a McConaughey flick. Hidden Figures, which won that year's Best Picture, I do believe. Uh, Moonlight, I think, no, Moonlight, he, he won that year's Best Picture, it beat Hidden Figures, but he was in both, both, uh, uh, award-worthy, he was in Green Book last year, Mm -hmm. he was in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse last year, I'm pretty sure he was, uh, Miles' uncle. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I feel like that's right, I might be wrong on that, um, but, he's done all these roles, and you said they knocked it out of the park casting him. No, he knocked it out of the park casting him because he called Marvel. He called Marvel and said, hey, it's Mashahala Ali, and I'm a Oscar-winning uh, actor, and um, I want to be Blade. And they literally said, fucking done, bro. Done. <laughs> There were no negotiations. It was done. They did not plan this. He came to their table and wanted it. I mean, what more can you ask for uh, from an actor or or you know from a studio? Like this is this is the perfect union because I don't know if you've seen um, Alita: Battle Angel yet. Have I haven't seen, seen it yet. It's on my list. It's on dude, my list, dude. It is great. It comes out in a couple days. On, Sweet. Yep. 
But uh, he played one of the secondary villains in that film, and it was flawless. Like, awesome. Like he's the guy. There is no question that when I see this movie, I will no longer think as of Wesley Snipes as Blade. I will think of Mahershala Ali as Blade, and I, I'm excited. I don't think if uh, five years ago you told me that could happen, like someone could be a better Blade than Wesley Snipes' Blade, which I am a, also a huge fan of that original trilogy. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, even the third movie, I fucking love it. I thought I Ryan Reynolds was great. I thought Triple H was great. I mean, that whole cast was awesome. The movie was fun. Uh, the second one is, like the, in my opinion, the most impactful. Um, but the first one was awesome, too, man. I mean, all those movies are fucking great, dude. All those movies are great and ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone says that Deadpool's the first R-rated Marvel movie. It's like, no, dog. It was Blade. Blade, yeah. <laughs> Blade first. <laughs> Definitely Blade. Like, lots of blood. Holy shit. Lots of blood. Lots uh, of blood. They did not hold back. Some, some fucking, some cussing. Some titties. Some titties. Some titties. <laughs> and some titties. I, I, uh, I just can't, like, I... I'm still partially in disbelief because of how unexpected this was. I think for everybody, you know, where where the MCU's at right now, you know, we're 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 riding we're riding the wave down from Endgame, and you know, we're starting to hit that next wave, and you know, we've got all the stuff that was announced before Blade yesterday, and it's like, okay, that's gonna be a banger. That's gonna be a banger. What kind of implications are, are this movie going to have on on every movie going after it? You know, how is this going to be relevant? And then you get to Blade, and it one hundred percent does not have to be relevant at all. It just has to be good. A hundred percent agree with you. Like, oh my gosh! Okay, so here's a reveal. I can actually tell you right now: the Blade Five movie just seconds ago wasn't talked about is actually a part of Marvel Phase 5. Okay. It might be the kickoff to Phase 5. So let's pull this article up here. Obviously, we know that that was announced last night. In a post-panel scrum with Media Journal, uh, Feige admitted to Collider to no, Blade won't be in Marvel Studios Phase 4, which encompassed the properties being released in 2020 and 2021. So look at this. Phase 4 is only going to now be two years. Two years. <laughs> phase 3 was like, Three and a half, almost four years of time. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> only two years, phase four. It's small. They're like, we got to do better. We got to be more concise. Um, but he did say that um, Feige told media last night that after Ali won the Oscar for Green Book, the actor called him up and requested a meeting. <laughs> he won the Oscar and called Feige. He's like, hey, bro, I won the Oscar. This is what I want. And uh, it was there Ali flat out asked Feige to play the Daywalker. Several months later, that all became a reality thanks to the magic of SDCC. That's, I mean, that's storybook. What more can you ask for? It's brilliant. You, like, you, you've that's got, fucking awesome. Like, if you, if, you, if you were a studio head or a major producer or a major director and, like, you know you've got all this, this IP that you don't really have the ability to use it because you don't have the right people in mind and the right fucking guy for the job just calls you and says, Hey man, I want to do this. Yep. Thanks. 
Sorry I didn't call you sooner. Yeah, Jesus, like, uh, thanks for falling into our lap. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's something that we're going to start getting more and more of the further and deeper Marvel goes in their lineage of making the MCU. People going, oh, I can fucking play that role. That's the role I was born to play. I want to play that role. Let me play the fucking role. Totally agree. I love to play that role. You know? And that's going to be like, again, John Krasinski is a great example. He has said, I want to be Captain, or I want to be Mr. Fantastic. Let him. He'd kill it. It's okay. it's it's flawless. It, it it makes sense. I mean, I already kind of fantasy casted that. You know, his wife Emily Blunt as the invisible oh. girl. And they they do. I'm about to sneeze. John Cena as the thing, right? John Cena as the yeah, thing. I'd be makes, totally okay with that. I don't know who you cast as Johnny Storm though. Like Michael Sarah or what? <laughs> He's too scrawny. It doesn't make sense. It's got to be like more of a pretty boy. Shame on you, Nate. Shame Ooh, on you. I know who you I know who you cast. I know Casper who you cast Van Deem. I don't know who that is. Remember the movie Starship Troopers? Yeah. The guy with the cleft chin, the main character, Johnny Rico. Yeah, but he's a little too old. I know. It was a joke. Oh, 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 my bad. <laughs> my bad. Uh, over now I'm my gonna head. cry. It just went over my brains. No, I but, was just gonna say, if you're looking at people to be Johnny Storm, just briefly touching on this, like who could be put in that position you have to have a kind of younger guy someone who can be like within tom holland's age range or maybe a couple years older the dude that played draco malfoy Mm-mm. absolutely not no, no? really he was amazing nope. in the flash and he was a good guy in that um what about I'm trying to think about young actors in hollywood Zach Efron. Okay. I don't know if I can take him seriously as a good guy now that he's been Ted Bundy, but sure. <laughs> um, Kevin Hart. No. I'm kidding. Just no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, it took a lot for me to say that with a straight face because I hate Kevin Hart. He was great in Jumanji. Yeah. You liked it. I haven't seen it. You need to. You will love that movie. It's fucking not what you're expecting. It actually is an A-plus movie for me. Like, surprisingly good, worth a watch. That's what I've heard. I've heard the sequel's really good, too. Well, the sequel's not out yet. The sequel comes out later this year. Well, that's what I mean. I, I, I've read... Oh, I've it's good, going I've, to be good. Yeah, gotcha. I've, read, I've read good reports from, like, test screenings. Word. So... We have pretty much dove deep into this whole Marvel thing and everything that they did, all the announcements that were made. There was a couple other things. Uh, I want to let you know, though, that we are getting that Loki that was in Endgame, Mm -hmm. the one that escaped. That's what the series is going to be based on, that Loki. So the Loki Disney Plus series will be from Endgame, the one that Mm -hmm. escaped... And that's going to be exciting. Uh, you know, apparently Jeremy Renner teased uh, or shared a Marvel Hawkeye TV series teaser. Mm. And I, th- I think it's just something from them announcing it at STCC. Mm. Okay. I don't, because I don't know if there's actually going to be footage yet. They, they couldn't have already started filming it. Maybe they have. I don't know. Fuck. Um, 
But yeah, man, SDCC for Marvel was an absolute home run this year. They knocked it out of the park. They filled my heart with joy with all these different things we can look forward to. Um, even the stuff that's like, okay, sure, I'm along for the ride now because Marvel has me. They've right. they've they've sold me. Like I'm in. And you and I talked a little bit pre-show that we were actually glad to see that Star Wars didn't really have a presence because, you know, you and I both agree that that I feel or that we feel that. Um, D23s where they're going to really hit it hard with Star Wars, especially, you know, that's one month closer or that, you know, that's a little bit closer to when Disney Plus and the, and the Mandalorian drop, which will be big. Absolutely. I mean, it's all gearing towards their blow up. I mean, D23 is going to really set the tone for people's expectations for the beginnings of Disney Plus, I think, because mm-hmm. they're gonna. They're, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if at D twenty three they're like, oh, and by the way, for those of you in attendance, here's this special code. You're now part of the Disney Plus beta. You know, and mm-hmm. we're gonna let you guys test it out for X amount of months before the service goes live, and then you'll get it at a discounted rate for like two dollars off or some shit. You know, they're cheap. right. <laughs> like so. like we, like we talked about earlier, Disney is the they're the master of marketing. So. Um, there's no there's no way in my mind that they don't do some kind of thing like that because sh- surely they have people testing it right now that it, it's rolled out for a select um, test size. But, I mean, if you could have the legitimate public test it on a pretty, pretty large scale, um, you know, close-ish to launch, like, that, that's a good idea. I absolutely agree. And it, and it's just gonna it's just gonna pump your numbers up that much more. And I don't I don't know how you can I, listen. Disney's the win, man. All the things they're gonna have on that service, everything you're gonna be able to access, the way it's gonna work, the fact that they're probably gonna have an app that you can tie to your account and you can watch on your phone or you can watch on your computer or you can watch on your Xbox or whatever the fuck it is. As long as it all works across the board, they're going to have cornered the market and 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 run away with this thing. Mm-hmm. I I literally told Sarah and V I was like, we're canceling Netflix when Disney Plus drops. I'm sorry, like I like Netflix, not enough to keep it now. Not yeah. like that. Not like that. Like it, it sits three quarters of the year. Netflix fucking sits and does nothing. Mm-hmm. Does nothing. It's boring. Pisses me off. Yep. But now we got all this goodness. It's. I want to also note that. With Phase 4 being officially known as this this slate that we saw, we know that Guardians is not a part of Phase 4. It is definitely Phase 5, and that's exciting because that's like an anniversary phase. So you'll probably have a Spider-Man movie in there. You'll probably have a maybe one of the X-Men or maybe the Fantastic Four movie at some point drop towards the end of Phase 5, 2023 or 24. You know, I'm stoked, man. There's there's The future is bright for all these characters, and I can't wait to see what's coming. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Fucking A, bro. Well, I don't know. Do we have anything else you want to throw in here before we jump out of here? No, I, I, I think we've I think we've covered everything in as much detail as we possibly can. We missed um, one. What one did we miss? It's maybe the biggest announcement that came out of SDCC yesterday. I thought that I thought we agreed that was Blade. But it's technically it's bigger than that, though. It has to be. Okay. Avengers Endgame officially passes Avatar to become oh. the highest grossing movie of all time. Yep. A- Avatar had a full decade as as being on top. 
And now it's time for Marvel, man. And that's fucking exciting. It's a Marvel universe. We're here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Avengers is at the top of the list. I'm so excited to say that like this movie that I really, I genuinely love the movie way more than I expected to love it. Uh, the more I've watched it and like digested everything they attempted to do and all the plot they really bring to it. It's such a deep movie. It really is. It has so much. So to see that it's finally at the top is exciting. But uh, I think that's going to do it for this week, folks. As always, check out the Journey Into Comics podcast at journeyintocomics.com on the Journey Into Comics network. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics network. Hit the subscribe button and or go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics, throw us a buck for early access or exclusive content or whatever. Throw money our way and we will utilize it properly for your goodness. I want to thank you guys all for tuning in to this week's episode of Journey into Comics 253. I have been Nate. And I've been Tyler. And as always, folks, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.